Um, you know, the house is wide open the week after that during the fair. So if you wanted to, you can crash here. We'll see. I mean, it's you very... You guys, Ebo, I mean, you can do the show right here in the studio. I'm very bad at committing to things. No, but then someone has to are. sit back here in this studio. And I heard about what happened on Tuesday with the guest lineup. You know, things got to run smooth. That's okay. Yeah, but the, the show went on. Oh, I'm sure. The show went on. So you're, you're good to go. You know, not a bad way to go. But uh, Ebo can go downstairs and lift in the uh, in the gym. Rowdy can do what Rowdy does. You can uh, hanker down at the bar, either inside or outside. You guys would have the run of the place, man. What, do you think I'm the alcoholic of the group? Um, No, as a matter of fact, uh, my assumption is you'd be bartending more for Ebo uh, than anything. And uh, at some point or another, I'd have to probably install an elevator so we could put him in it so we could then lift him up to the second floor to get him in the bed. (laughs) He's actually, Bill, on his way to Vegas as we speak. So Is fingers he really? crossed Good for him. he gets home in one piece. Good for him. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, if he uh, if he's heading to Vegas, good luck with that. I don't necessarily, put it this way, I don't necessarily say that, um, that um, you know, hey, we hope that he Ebo's okay. I think what we should probably do is look at it and say, God, I hope Vegas is the same when he leaves. Because Evo can tear it up. I think we all know that. So, anyway, good stuff. Uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour, Mark Daniels, WNFL, is going to be joining us. We're going to hear from him. Uh, and we're going to hear uh, a little bit later on from Mason Crosby, Alan Lazard. But yesterday, yesterday, um, we had um, our own Mike Clemens on the ground in Green Bay, as he is all throughout training camp. Uh, which, by the way, Mike, is brought to you by our friends at the Bay Motel, Bay Motel Green Bay. Go to baymotelgreenbay.com. And um, he caught up with David Bakhtiari. All the thoughts are with Bakhtiari right now as to whether or not he's going to be able to come back, and if so, when. They didn't seem too optimistic, Brian Gutekinds, anyway, by saying that he was not going to commit to Bakhtiari being ready to go week one, first week of the regular season, which also raised a few eyebrows. We're over 500 days now since that injury that's a long time going on almost a year and a half and he has had a couple of procedures as we say done since the initial surgery since the initial injury a lot of fluid a lot of problems Uh, Mike Clemens and others caught up with David Bakhtiari yesterday Uh, let's take a listen to that conversation to see what Bakhtiari had to say where are you at what happened and uh, what's your concern Um, talk to Goody Obviously, I uh, had surgery in the offseason, cleaned it up. Concern level, low. Really like where I'm at, especially compared to where I was just overall last year. Uh, I think he kind of hit it on the head. No expectations. Taking it every day at a time. Like where I'm at. Appreciate it. And uh, excited to play again. When did, it, when, did it, uh, when did you have to have it done? Was it before the off-season program in the interim here before camp started? After? Yeah, it was like right right about when we started up again. When you started up in? Uh, for OTAs, yeah. Okay. What happened after the Detroit game? He had mentioned that it didn't feel right the way that it responded to you getting in that game. What exactly was the issue there? Uh, we all wanted to see where it was at. And when I went out there, I mean... I wouldn't say we were in the best situation to begin with, and then it was depending on how I was going to respond. 
obviously didn't respond in the right direction, uh, which was a huge bummer for me, uh, not being able to play in the playoff game. But uh, something unfortunate, and that's that's where that was. Is it just frustrating that you're still dealing with this? Obviously, everybody heals differently. It's not your fault. You're working hard, but is it frustrating? Oh, it's a nightmare. Uh, it's my nightmare that I have to live. I don't know how many days it's been, but I'm just excited to wake up one day. You said the other day, is there any sort of timeline or just not putting yourself in the nah, I mean, uh, I've already been briefed by everyone. Uh, <laughs> tell me what, I, what, uh, what you all are going to say. I know everyone loves timelines. When I'm ready, I'll be out there. And uh, what I can say is I do feel really good. I really like... I feel normal. My knee feels normal, and that's the biggest plus. Now it's just getting that normal feeling again when I play football. So that's with the load, the stress, the strength. But uh, we're not really in an ACL issue. That's been actually a long time ago. We put that, uh, that chapter to bed. It's just there's other issues that we're navigating around, things I'm learning, and it's been... Uh, like I said, it's just been my, it's been my nightmare. So it's something I have to live with. David, you know what those issues are. Talking about the good days, you know, knowing that you feel good, and but that you can't push yourself to a certain point that maybe you want to push yourself to progress. You ever driven a, a sports car before? No. Okay. Well, imagine driving a sports car and keeping it in the first gear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. David, you mentioned it feels normal now. Did at any point after the ACL surgery did it also feel normal? No. This is the first I, I mean, time like you felt that since I thought the original injury. This, like, there's an idea of what I was fully expecting what new normal would okay. be, and I was like, okay, this is. I mean, it's not. I talked to numerous people that have gone through this uh, before, and you know, Brian, someone I leaned on heavily. I'm like, what's the new normal? What's it like? And I thought, okay, this is just what I'm how what I'm supposed to feel and how it's supposed to react. And now I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh, okay, there is back to how it used to feel. So that's. That's that's the most promising thing, and that's where you are now. Just to be clear, you're yeah, I, where I, you I, felt before the. I, I would say I really enjoy how my knee functions, operates, and moves. It's not like a. a I would say how I was dealing with it uh, last year. It just. It's hard to describe. I think only people who've gone through it maybe will have an idea, especially when it's not. Um, cooperating with you, it just didn't. It there was just stuff. It almost felt like blockage. It yeah. just was weird. It was really weird. So did you feel 100% going into that Detroit game? No. No? No, I mean, but uh, last year, um, my whole thing is there's no excuses. Like, when I step between the white lines and put my jersey on, it doesn't matter. I mean, I've played sick. I've played with broke, broken ribs before. i played with uh, hip flexor, all, I mean, all that stuff. It's just there's, there's no need for me to express it to any of y'all and give any fuel to any team that we're going against. So that's why I said last year. Uh, if I step between the lines, I'm 100% ready to go. And that's the same thing when I step out there again this year. Did you regret the I'm not going to get into that. Like, that's that's not something I'm just going to talk about. So, David, the timeline, then, if you weren't able to go in the playoff game, and then that, this third procedure wasn't done until right around, you said, OTA started, what was happening in the interim there? Were you hoping that it would just feel better, or did something set you back while you were doing your off-season work? No, I just... Do what I was told. Take time off. Go away. I was like, great. Okay. It's new for me. <laughs> go by a beach. Don't do anything. I'm like, okay. Uh. Yeah, that, that was obviously a test in Detroit to see how the knee felt. Do you, do you feel, and I don't even want to say whether you're great playing, but do you feel like if you, if you wouldn't have played, you would have had a chance realistically to play in the playoffs? It's an if question. 
So you could write any answer you want. What's your answer? I don't know how you read things. I mean, I'm not going to get into ifs that. What I did is what I did, and that's where that was, and now we are right here. You say you're being still like you're feeling better when you're engaged. So what's the like the next steps? The next steps you have to go through in order to play again? Um, strength, load, um, not only uh, physically but physiologically, just getting the, the knee joint to handle different stresses, different loads, um, and just getting it to uh, play football again. So that's just. Slowly, slowly chipping away. You see, but I know you could probably understand there's concern over, you know, your future. Are you at all concerned? Will you play again? No, you know, I, I thought about this. It's a couple of things kind of went to my mind. It's actually a really good question. It was, uh, I remember when I was playing, it sucks I have to say that, but like, I remember thinking, like, man, this is getting pretty easy. And it was fun. And I kind of would say, like, yeah, let's make it a little bit challenging. By God, I got that answer, so... This is definitely the most challenging thing I've had to go through. But then I was recently talking to my wife, and it was, I thought about how I started my career. And not even just here, but just like when I put on pads, it was, uh, no one really thought I'd be where I was. So I kind of, it's kind of cool to feel that again. I mean, you can say or not say, but I, I know that those questions are out there. And I'm like, this is cool because it's a, it's a, it's like I get to relive that same story again, and I get to. I made the choice back then. I get to make the choice again. So, this is a, that's a that's a very clever answer, but it didn't really answer the question. All those days are happy days for me because those are a lot of awesome things happening outside. So trying to separate those two. Um, like I said, it's been a, I talk about the situation for me. It's like I've just been living a very long nightmare. Uh, but outside of work, things have been the exact opposite of it. So it's been like a fairy tale for me. So it's just making sure that the nightmare stays at work. You said you've talked to a lot of people about how to deal with the new normal, but have they given you any advice on how to deal with the process emotionally, mentally? Yeah, we have uh, great outlets here. Uh, uh, the team team therapist, uh, Dr. Carr, I mean, he's been fantastic. I've actually had a conversation with him and uh, didn't really feel like I needed it in the beginning, but I didn't know how long it was going to be, so eventually... <laughs> Uh, you <laughs> run against the wall enough times, you're going to start cracking. So he's been a great outlet for me. Um, can say nothing but awesome things. And, uh, yeah, for mentally, this has been a lot. So uh, I've always been able to kind of literally run away from these type of things. I've always loved, like, training, sweating, playing football to kind of get out any type of stuff. When it's like you have to find new outlets and you cannot do any of that stuff, that's been, I'd say, the biggest challenge, but something that uh, – I have a new toolbox. So I'm pretty pumped about that. What's some of the best advice you've been given on how to handle that? Uh, thanks for putting me on the spot. <laughs> uh, I mean, just finding, I mean, how I found new ways of outlets. Shoot. Reading, calming myself, uh, knowing that enough is okay. I've always been someone who likes to do almost too much, so enough so okay so just those kind of those are the first things that come to my mind there you go that is david bakhtiari speaking to the media not going to get into the details as to what happened but basically told go away don't do anything let's get this thing figured out uh he feels really good as to where he's at so that was optimistic without a doubt uh but uh still obviously not practicing not ready to go yet but uh, I, I i walk away from that conversation 
feeling more optimistic about David Bakhtiari than I think I have since they announced that he was going to come back in that Detroit game. Because he sounds like he's in a better place now. Which means there's probably more positivity regarding that knee issue than in uh, in, in the recent past. So, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Hey, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends of the Milwaukee Admirals. Their 2022-2023 season about ready to get underway coming up here in a few months. And if you're looking for tickets, if you're looking for a great group outing, taking the kids, uh, whether it's getting into the end zone, so to speak, and uh, being up close and personal on the glass with a group of people from, say, a birthday party or a corporate response, whatever it happens to be, go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. And uh, catch yourself some good AHL hockey action. They are the uh, the minor league club for the parent team that is the Nashville Predators. And uh, you could see the uh, the guys of today being the stars of tomorrow in the NHL. Good stuff from the Admirals. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. it up when it comes to the uh, rewards and that's uh, quick trip our friends at quick trip they have uh, right now they got uh, the mountain dew contest uh, stop in you have a shot at winning some serious cash uh, with mountain dew how about uh, what is it, the mega millions ben did you see what the mega millions is up to i think i think it's the mega millions it's over a billion dollars oh yeah zach and i actually at the bar one of the nights in indy i made a couple purchases there and talked about what we would buy with the money that we won but we didn't win. I don't think uh, we got I, any number right. Yeah, well, nobody won. So it's over a billion dollars. Now, the cash buyout, I think, is like seven or $800 million, something like that, if you take the cash up front. But, oh, my God. That would be, you know, that that that's like mic drop money. Just, see ya, you know, just out the door you go. Um, you know, it's funny because, you know, everybody, I, I think everybody, dares to dream. Everybody looks at it and says, what do you think? What would you do? Um, I personally, I, I know it's crazy, but I would end up just building the studio the way I want it. I mean, in every facet, I would just wholeheartedly just say, you know, here we go. We're going to build a studio or I'd buy like a nearby separate building uh, to completely host the radio show. I wouldn't stop working though. I don't think I'd stop working. Because I think when I'd stop working, I now granted I could maybe do the show from different areas. I could still get up on vacation. I could still go do it on islands or, or what have you. But I don't think I would stop working. I know everybody always says, "Oh, I'd quit my job. I'd walk out." Um, I love doing this every day, so I don't think uh, I don't think I'd quit my job. I think I'd still work. Might I'm, just do it a little bit differently. I might, to be honest. Yeah. I mean. Yep put 700 million in the bank i would probably go find yeah that's that's an obscene amount of money to to win for one person 
Plus, I wouldn't first, have the Saudi government giving it to me, so I feel better correct, about it. Correct. Uh, I look at it this way. Could you see us doing a live broadcast, say, from St. Andrews as we wing over to play golf? Huh. Well, if that's involved, then I would probably keep the job. I would see that's what I'm saying. That's what I would probably do. I would set up these exotic locations to be able to go do the show. And the one thing that I would do, and if this is in my dare to dream, I would I, I would buy the space and build it at Super Bowl to do the show. And it would be so much bigger and better even than say what the Pat McAfee set had this past year at Super Bowl. It would be obscene. And we would pay, because a lot of these athletes that go on some of these shows, on these big network shows, most of them, unless they've got a sponsor that is really trying to pimp them hard to do some of these shows, most of these guys get paid. Oh, I, I dole it out. We'd be obscene with the money. That, that would be like a no-brainer. And uh, we, would, we would then just, you know, do whatever we wanted to do. We just take the show on the road if we're going to. You know, we want to go buy a resort up north. We'll go buy a resort up north. We'll we'll do that. You know, if we want. But the first thing I think I would do is I know that uh, they are looking to build a new Fisher House out in Madison, and we are as a board member. I know we are back and forth on the property. We we've got the permission to do it. We just you know we've we've been given the runaround so to speak via the location. And we're kind of waiting to finalize those details because everybody agrees they need it. Nobody can agree where to put it. And uh, there's certain specification, specifications that needs to be put in. So we're currently kind of quasi-fundraising because Madison needs one. They do a lot of cancer research and such uh, at UW-Madison and out at the VA out there. And it's an un- unbelievably well-run medical facility. So they need one. And we want to do one. So I think the first thing I would do is whatever the land is nearby, I think I'd purchase the land and purchase the house and just have it built. So we don't have to worry about fundraising, and then just put an allotment of money into the into the charity to say, okay, you guys are sustaining now for the rest of your lives. Let's move on. Let's let's not have to worry about fundraising anymore. So that's the first thing I think I'd do because there's going to be charitable entities of that. But after that, I think uh, I think we could be doing the uh, excuse me the morning show, my show. Maybe we even bring Grant Bills into this. I, I think we end up building a floating studio to where in the summertime we're on a lake somewhere whether it's in Madison or out in this area, Winnebago, up near La Crosse somewhere, I think I think that's what we do. Or maybe we buy bars throughout the state so when we visit these cities, we have our own bar to go to. That might not be a bad way to go either, like sports bars all over. Don't have to sell the ads. I mean, that'd free up in a lot of ways. You know how oh, some would. programs have like the head coach presented by this? Michigan yes. does it because they're Michigan. Yep. I would make it. Yep. Uh, Wisconsin head football coach Paul Christ presented by Ben Kenny. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and we would buy the Illinois broadcast just so we could say Brett Bielema presented by Zach Halpern. <laughs> I might pay <laughs> Brett that. to unblock Zach. That would be awesome. We could do that. That would be kind of cool. I now, now, now see, we're all sitting back today and we're doing the Dare to Dream methodology of what would I do if, so we're all probably going to head out and buy some some mega millions and Powerball and all that kind of stuff and see if we can hit that. And you, here's the thing. Like, I go to Quick Trip and buy my stuff. And Quick Trips, I, they, they used to post it. They don't do it as much anymore, but they used to post their winners for everything from 
uh, the mega cash and, and local lotteries and stuff. And you'd see 50,000 and 20,000 and whatever, 5,500 hit at certain locations. But doesn't it always seem to be some crazy little obscure place that sold the winning ticket, some mom and pop someplace, you know, where, oh, yeah, I bought my ticket at, you know, and you'd go, where the hell is that? You know, oh, I was traveling. I was on my way to visit my mom in prison. And uh, just outside the prison is, you know, the Funkasaurus's, uh, you know, bar and grill. And I, they sell lottery tickets there. And I went to Funkasaurus when I was on my way to see my mom in prison. And I bought one ticket. Now I can afford a lawyer, you know, and it's going to be that guy that wins. Now I can afford a lawyer and I can get mom out of prison and uh, maybe get her another case. And then when mom gets out, I'm going to get her out of the house that has wheels, and I'm going to buy her a, a really good one. We're going to get a double-decker shed, a she-shed, and we're going to put mom in that. And uh, I'm going to buy her a dog and maybe a pickup truck. And uh, the first thing she's going to get when she gets out, we're going to buy her a camo hat and a camo-heated vest. So when mom sits in the tree stand uh, dipping Copenhagen and on a deer hunt, uh, mom won't be cold. That's the person that will win this. They won't know what to do with it. And then uh, in about five years, we're going to see them on, I won the lottery and now I'm broke. That's what we're going to see them on. So good luck to whoever's mother is in prison. <laughs> Let's do this. Mark Daniels is going to join us next to the Bill Michaels Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show. We continue on day two of the Packers training camp. Brewers off today after a, uh, a pound them out homestand. We'll get more into that coming up in just a little bit, though. Uh, joining us right now on the hotline, our buddy Mark Daniels uh, from WNFL in Green Bay on the ground in Green Bay. Mark, how you doing today? I'm good, Bill. How are you? Happy training camp. Happy training camp to you as well. It's kind of like Happy New Year. So, uh, first of all, let's start off with Bakhtiari. Uh, he spoke to the media, which was uh, kind of nice because I didn't expect yeah. that. So, what yeah, did you take Packers, away from it? it? He says he's not concerned. He says it feels better. I mean, he feels almost healed, at least from the ACL standpoint. But just the collateral damage from that uh, snap job, you know, and New Year's Eve is, is still bothering him. There's no question. Uh, I don't think he's going to become an alarmist. He'll just be as, uh, you know, positive as he can and try and do what the training and rehab staff tells him to do to get back as soon as possible. And until then, we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, if I'm just uh, the rooting side, I'm thinking, boy, we don't see him in a couple of weeks. This offense and especially the offensive line. You know, it could be a real state of flux uh, when they go to the U.S. Bank Stadium. So uh, I wanted to ask you about the offensive line because uh, Yash Nyman working at left tackle today, who did yeoman's work last year. I mean, fantastic job. And what's the shuffling that's going on, even though Elton Jenkins, as they say, is a little bit ahead of schedule. Give me your thoughts on the flux of the offensive line. Nothing to get aligned about. LaFleur was asked about it plenty, you know, before practice today. You know, what with Diamond over at left tackle. They have Jake Hansen, member of the forgotten center from Oregon. He's been hanging around hurt and who knows what. All of a sudden, he's at right guard. And then Royce Newman, who played inside, is getting kicked over to right tackle for a look-see. But, uh, yeah, Jenkins and Bakhtiari's absence has a lot to do with it. Rasheed Walker, the draft choice is out. Their numbers are just down. In fact, LaFleur said, you know, it's kind of, 
forcing our hand on how we're looking at guys, moving guys around early in camp. We just don't have a lot, and it's even shortening some team periods because of it. So uh, something they just got to work through. But I don't think anything should be written in stone now about which best five are eventually going to be there. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I know there's a lot of just kind of see what happens going on right now. Speaking of that, the uh, the, the wide receiving core is still receiving a lot of scrutiny, and rightfully so, but – uh, it was kind of tongue in cheek when he uh, when Aaron Rodgers said yesterday, going from one Hall of Famer to the next, talking about Alan Lazard. I, now he's not a Hall of Famer, but uh, we've talked a lot about it. What do you what What is the vibe that you get right now at training camp? And obviously, with no Christian Watson, it's a little bit difficult to tell what the whole group is going to be. Yeah, I know no Sammy either, so it's going to be interesting to see how this develops. They they made splash plays yesterday, which was kind of uh, good for them, obviously, uh, because it's uh, just confidence-building kind of stuff. But uh, I think it was Romeo Dobbs who I put it best when I was asking him about, you know, how are you guys are you know, dealing with the room in light of the, you know, spotlight that's on the room. Uh, and he says, yeah, we, we know it's a noise, but we just want to become the next room uh, and try and ignore it as much as possible. And I think it's a good attitude. There, there has been a succession of receivers to glorious quarterback play here, and a, a day and a half of practice in, I'm not, you know, convinced that uh, the run has stopped. So we'll see. Uh, give me, give me the thoughts on Aaron Rodgers uh, and his mood, his optimism. I mean, he talked a lot about love and caring for the guys and the usual spiel, but. You know, obviously, he's got life after Devontae now to contend with. So, give me your thoughts as to way the way he sounded about what he has to throw to. Well, job one set back in the spring was learn the place, and then we'll get to uh, my place and the language and the checks and everything else that's going to have to go into this thing as they work themselves through the playbook. It's going to be a process, probably unsightly at times. Uh, but I remember talking to Randall Cobb, who said, you know, Rogers really into this kind of a challenge at this stage of his career. He really wants to continue to produce and, and help these guys become a really good receiving court. Uh, and not just because he's a really good quarterback, but he wants them, you know, he's looking at them first before in the mirror. So uh, I think that's a good thing. I think there is a genuine uh, appreciation for the guys in the locker room. He's just still so out there, you know, coming in as Cameron Poe with this and, you know, <laughs> Uh, you know, all that stuff last year too at Halloween. So, uh, yeah, he's just such an interesting personality 24-7. I'm never sure what to this guy anymore. The, uh, the, um, I thought it was interesting, Matt LaFleur's opening press conference, when he didn't want to slide anybody from before, but he said he's learned more about uh, special teams than he ever thought he'd know, and talking specifically about Rich Bisaccia. Um, I, I don't know what he has or hasn't fully committed as far as starters go and depth players go to special teams, but it certainly sounds like that whatever start they're off to, at least internally, is an impressive start because they, they, I don't really think they have anywhere to go but up. Yeah, I mean, you know, Fuller had a first-time coordinator in Maurice Drake last year, and we know what happened there, but, you know, in the last, what, how many months since Passaccia was hired, he's gotten his 20 years of experience crammed into LaFleur's head, I'm sure. So, I mean, that put an imprint on there. Uh, and I'll see if it carries forward into the talent that they've assembled to try and carry out what Passaccia wants. Uh, and, and that's still going to be a process. But, uh, you know, he's got a, a, a low bar. Uh, let's just not screw it up and then start mm-hmm. making some things happen. Uh, and then you've got the rookies, the guys that say you had mentioned them we're just trying to create our own room. We're just trying to do our own thing. Uh, rookies getting indoctrinated. Some guys take to it right away. Some guys, it takes a little while to adjust to life in the NFL. Have you seen either or? 
Not a lot of it. I mean, the top two picks were in an NFL championship game for a Super Bowl-like preview week, and uh, Watson's been a championship game. So I don't, you know, they, I haven't seen any big guys yet, uh, but there's still an assimilation process and so much to learn about just how to conduct themselves and everything else that goes along with it. Uh, but from the football acumen, I think a lot of these guys are, you know, pretty well acclim- you know, acclimated to, to what they're in for over the next couple of days. But then again, training camps today, Bill, don't look at anything like the training camp mm-hmm. when I started watching these guys. Right. Holy cow. Mark Daniels, WNFL at Green Bay, uh, joining us at Mark Daniels, WNFL. You can find him over on Twitter. Uh, I want to go back to Matt LaFleur's comments. I mean, obviously they played things very close to the vest, but in talking about the defense, it seems like there's a lot of comparisons going back to the defense that was 2010, 2011, that ended up winning a Super Bowl, that played extremely well the next year uh, before ultimately giving it up to the Giants. Is this the best defense on paper since then? Yeah, but the paper is uh, its not papyrus. It's not going to convince me long-term yet. Uh, so, I, yeah, they've got a lot of talent over there, and, and they've invested millions. And, uh, you know, this is a Wall Street kind of defense here. They need the return on investment. Uh, and so I don't see any signs why not. There are concerns beyond the two edge guys of Preston and Rashawn. But other than that, I think they've beefed up the D-line, which was a, a real necessity. The secondary's gotten a lot of snaps. Eric Stokes included together. And Alexander's back. So there's a lot to look forward to. Now, Joe Barry's got to just get some more out of him. Don't forget, they've got still gashed at times on the run. Uh, and while the overall numbers wound up pretty good, this team had some frighteningly difficult stretches they had to overcome so uh, but yeah there are pieces there no question you you talked about some of the guys that got gashed last year because they did give up points they were one of the lower scoring defenses when it came to points last year so is the concentration this year i mean obviously you want to stop the run i mean you, it all starts there and then you kind of work your way down but also is there going to be a concentration on on turnovers on creating turnovers and not just punching the ball out via fumbles but this team is not huge when it comes to yeah. picks they kind of come in bunches yeah, they do. Uh, I think it's a big year for Darnell Savage. And the Packers had their eyes open, you know, with Devondre Campbell going, wow, an inside linebacker can intercept passes. Uh, you know, so uh, mm-hmm. they've got a lot of different ways to deploy a lot of different interesting people. And I think certainly takeaways and, and red zones and, and situational football defense are, are still the priorities. Third down, get off the field. Uh, you know, inside the 20, no more than three. Uh, and let's uh, give the offense a few more cracks at it. Those three things make great defenses, whether you're giving up 190 yards rushing or 300 yards passing a game. So, The one thing, Mark, that uh, a lot of people are talking about is the depth or lack thereof, defensively speaking. Is that the biggest area of concern, maybe? A little bit. Uh, you know, like I said, outside linebacker, it's the Garvin's, putting the Lee Darius Hamilton's, and, you know, and that's just, that's a, and Anik Barry, the rookie, that didn't just wow me. Uh, and secondary beyond those top three corners, um, got to find somebody. But there's a couple in the mix, including some former Raiders they really like, Keyshawn Nixon, who's out today, by the way. But uh, so, yeah, just those kind of back end pieces on the D, uh, you're right, uh, need to be solidified. One way or the other, not here today. Might be here, you know, off somebody else's roster. Always good, Mark. Enjoy it. Uh, get back to watching what's going on via the training camp, and we'll talk again soon, okay? All right. See you, Bill. Appreciate it, pal. There you go. WNFL's own Mark Daniels joining us uh, on the hotline. Mark Daniels uh, at Mark Daniels WNFL at Mark Daniels. 
WNFL and a good report there, but just a lot of depth stuff, just a lot of issues about this is the time when, you know, as much as we can talk about it, you're just trying to figure things out. You kind of know who your starters are. You know who the guys are you're waiting to return. But as of right now, if if you had to start today, who would it be? And you got to start going through those depth issues. You got to start looking at guys that do make positive plays, negative plays, specifically guys that start out on the bubble, like the just the extra, the the roster fillers. Who ends up uh, kind of surprising you? Because usually one of those guys or two of those guys find their way onto a roster because just, they just kind of come out of nowhere. You 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 do your due diligence and you track down a guy that. Uh, you think can make plays or maybe was in a small program but really stood out but has a great acumen, and you bring those guys in, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, wait a minute, where'd that guy come from? And you find those diamonds in the rough, guy, kind of like a Tremont Williams or a Sam Shields and some of those guys that end up you know, kind of opening your eyes. Even Donald Driver, who was a seventh-round draft choice. You look for those guys to, uh, to, to you know, be able to, um, you know, kind of muster things so to speak so anyway uh let's do this we're going to step away take a quick break uh we got our friends at pella windows and doors of wisconsin they want to remind you right now four years no interest four years no interest going on and if you're looking for that uh by all means if you're looking to say do your whole house that's probably the way to go or maybe you're just looking for a few windows one or two maybe a patio door you can get some money off of those situations, 250 bucks off per window. If you go with a slider window, 400 bucks off per window. Not a bad way to go, right? Huh? Good stuff. So check out our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Different options right now. If you're looking to upgrade your windows, upgrade your doors, upgrade your entry system prior to the cold weather getting here, which we all know at some point it's going to be creeping back into the state of Wisconsin, hopefully later rather than sooner. But go to PellaWI.com. That is Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. See for yourself. Go to PellaWI.com, and uh, we're going to you know, kind of let you know that uh, they're good people and they add a lot of value to your home. PellaWI.com, or call them 855-PELLA-WI, 855-PELLA-WI. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers held their first practice in helmets and shorts. All the players, except the quarterbacks, now wearing a padded headgear over their helmets in practice. The NFL trying to cut down on concussions. One player not participating is rookie wide receiver Christian Watson, who's on the PUP list after minor knee surgery last month. Will it be hard for him to learn from the sidelines? Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. Yeah, I think that's going to be a challenge. No question, because there's nothing like reps, especially full-speed reps. I think Christian's, he's been pretty impressive in terms of how fast he was able to pick everything up. He's working hard, but there's still nothing like those those game reps, whether it's preseason reps or practice reps. Left tackle David Bakhtiari had another procedure on his knee during OTAs. Aaron Rodgers suffered a torn ACL while playing basketball in high school. How concerned is he for his friend Bakhtiari? Well, I mean, if somebody's 
had a knee injury since they were 16 years old. I know how difficult rehab can be and, and different procedures and maybe never feeling like it's 100%, but I think Dave has learned a lot over the last year about his knee and about how to take care of it the best that he can. And another player on the PUP is place kicker Mason Crosby. I had a little, my knee got a little tweaked there in, uh, in OTAs and uh, just trying to manage that. So did that require surgery? Yeah, I did. It was, you know, just a, you know, a minor scope thing. Uh, you know, it's, I, I like to say it's like an oil change, you know, it's like, that's Packers kicker Mason Crosby. From training camp in Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back, Bill Michaels Show, and our guy Mike Clemens right there. He is on the ground in Green Bay. Let's go to Green Bay and uh, talk to Mike now. Uh, not yet. Okay. Mike will be giving us a buzz here shortly. Mike will be giving us a buzz here, hopefully shortly. Mike is uh, scheduled to be coming on the air with us here. Uh, I know he, uh, I know he's got some stuff for us, so we'll uh, check in with Mike coming up here momentarily. But uh, but we'll have Mike on. Uh, if you want to give us a shout, always the phone number eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Coming up a little bit later on today, we're going to hear from Brett Bielema, the back and forth between Zach Halpern, Ben Kenny, and Brett Bielema. Uh, we've got some other stuff from Big Ten Media Day. Brewers uh, got a nice, uh, or I should say an interesting piece written by Adam McCalvey we're going to talk about where the Brewers had had a meeting, and it seems to have really kind of been taken to heart by many of the guys inside that clubhouse. And we'll talk about that coming up here in just a little bit. Plus, you're going to hear from Mason Crosby, plus Alan Lazard. So you got those coming up as well. Lily Zhao from Fox 6 in Milwaukee is going to be joining us uh, after the uh, the top of the last hour of the program. So we got a lot going on today, a lot of good stuff today. And uh, we'll be uh, checking in with Mike Clemens hopefully momentarily here relatively soon. By the way, going back to the Brewers, um, there was a hitters meeting coming out of the All-Star break. It seems to have worked. The Brewers averaged 8.4 runs in their five wins during the homestand. 8.4 runs during the homestand. And they drew 31 walks, 31 in that series, uh, or in the two series to start the second half of the season. 10 walks yesterday. 10 of them came yesterday against Twins pitchers. Uh, The way we played offense all season, you hope you get some rewards for it sometimes. Brewer manager Craig Council said, today we certainly did. We got a bunch of men on base through patience, and we got some homers after that. That's a good way to score runs, obviously, because there's not a lot of solo shots. Uh, They're big game changers. We got a couple of those today. Throughout the opening homestand, hitters uh, referenced their meeting coming out of the break with players and staff, including hitting coaches Connor Dawson and Ozzie Timmons, along with Matt Erickson. Pre-series hitters meetings, uh, they're kind of commonplace, but this one was somewhat expanded. Dawson said to analyze the first half in which the Brewers led Major League Baseball in pitches per plate appearance was was rather interesting. I want to get back into this, but uh, let's do this. Let's go north now uh, up to Green Bay and talk to our own Mike Clemens standing by at Packers training camp. Michael! Hey, Bill. Um, hey, what you got going on? Well, day two at camp. You know, they're just trying things out. But we talked yesterday about offensive line. David Bakhtiari not even on the field today doing rehab after he talked to us at his locker about his experience. So they went with uh, Yash Nyman, a left tackle, uh, to fill in for Bakhtiari. Uh, but today uh, they moved him to right tackle. 
Royce Newman who was the right guard last year. It kind of struggled. It looked like he made a couple of mistakes in practice. They moved him back home to right guard, and they put in this, the rookie, Zach Tom, in a left tackle today with the ones. And I thought he looked pretty good. I, we talked about this yesterday when he was with, run, running the left tackle with Jordan Love. So that's an interesting development that they're trying out on the Packers' offensive line. I know Sean Ryan. We I talked with Wayne Larvey a while ago, and I said Sean Ryan is really uh, – they feel that he's got all the attributes to possibly be a tackle as well. Do you see that at all? I think so. But, you know, the, I also saw a rep where I think it was Jordan Love at quarterback, but they had Sean playing left guard. So you got, you know, both rookies there, Ryan and Tom, lining up on the left side. Uh, so – but, you know, LaFleur made this emphasis today, Bill Dyke. You know, right now – I can't teach versatility. I, these guys have to find a home first. So they're going to get to try out at a couple of different spots. But between now and when they put the pads on next week, they'd like the guys to figure out what it actually is their identities, get that part of the installation down. Then we can talk about working on your backup possibilities later in camp. As you were standing yesterday in front of uh, David Bakhtiari, which was a great conversation, uh, give me your takeaway. Uh, you know, he was much more forthcoming in January when he said, look, Aaron Rodgers said, man, you got to get some snaps in this Lions game so that you're 100% for the playoffs. So he did. And the next day, Brian Gutekinds is telling us flat out, yeah, he did not respond well to those 27 snaps. And that might have led to eventually waiting two or three months. Is it healing? Is it getting better? It didn't. And he had to have his third knee surgery in 19 months. He's not talking about that aspect now. He's trying to move forward. He says he's feeling, you know, better. But, man, what a long saga. And maybe the team, the trainers, him, have learned things not to do when you're trying to come back from an ACL. Mike, good stuff as always. We're going to chat again soon. Uh, A whole lot coming up the rest of the day. Lily's Allen about an hour from now. But uh, thanks as always, pal. Thank you, Bill. All right, buddy. There you go. Mike Clemens on the ground in Green Bay at practice. They're moving guys offensively on the line specifically all over, trying to find guys getting into the right niche without a doubt. Uh, This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Dwayne's Cover It All, the best, best canvas and upholstery supplier that there is. It does great work, uh, whether it's a canvas for your business, uh, a new cover for your boat, whatever it happens to be, or maybe just recovering office furniture, get a hold of Dwayne at Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.